and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are on the line with, I mean, I don't know, one of, like, the biggest influencers who's working with everyone. And if you don't know who she is, like, you really need to get out more. <laughs> Adeletta Avi, whose last hey, name I <laughs> Do we say your last name right? No. Avdic, Avdic. I mean, everyone says Avdic. It's totally fine. It's it is spelled that way, but you just pronounce it Avdic. <laughs> we are so excited to have you yeah. on the line. How are you? I'm doing really good. I absolutely love Mondays. I know this is not the common popular opinion. Most people hate no, Mondays, but I love getting back into the grind of things and going through my inbox. And I like that people are back to work. So I'm totally loving today. Good for That's, you. I That's love your vibe. You yeah. have you have good you have good energy. So for anyone who's like living under a rock or spends their life underneath a coffee table, I don't know why I just said that, but I was just picturing someone underneath like a very low coffee table in my oh, head. Oh, you're so funny. So who are <laughs> you? What do you do? And you know, how did you get there? So my name is Adaletta, and I am known as Attitude Online, and I actually came up with that name mainly because I'm a little bit sassy, and most people can't pronounce my full name, so I decided to go with Ada, and so that's how I came up with Attitude back in the day. Um, I'm a lifestyle blogger. I do a little video, but I'm just a social media addict. I'm pretty much on Instagram most of the waking hours of the day, which may be kind of sad, but it's fine. I'm addicted, and I love it. So I basically just, I blog, I make videos, and I post content online, and I review a lot of different beauty products, and I wear a lot of different outfits. So it's basically like playing dress up in real life, and I get to get paid for it. So it's a really amazing thing. You're living the dream, girl. (laughs) I know. I recently just quit my corporate job a couple months ago. So to actually be living this life is just amazing because I never thought I'd get here, but incredible thank you it's it's been really really exciting so it's been a long journey for sure I started blogging back in 2012 and back then when I met my now fiance he was kind of like why are you online writing to people who you don't even know (laughs) and now when he sees the paychecks coming in he's like okay I get it I this is all (laughs) a thing it's it's a career so it takes a little bit of time to make people understand what it is but it's an amazing thing that I can do this full-time now yeah, that's incredible. So tell us, like, obviously, like you said, you've been blogging since 2012. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey, because I think it's really important. And we talk about this a lot in our podcast, that we really share these different people like yourself, who are just amazing powerhouses and influencers. And what do you really take? Exactly. To create these, you know, empires and what you're doing, because Amanda and I talked about this many times, everyone thinks because so, so easy. Oh my right. God. If you just like post on Instagram, right. and you get a million likes and bajillion followers. Right. And like, oh my God, that's the easiest thing. And it's like, no. Exactly. And it, and also it's, I think like we've discussed that, you know, it's when people see Instagram, especially Instagram, uh-huh. everything looks so instant and so perfect. perfect and like, oh, this just happened. It's like, you have no idea what it takes to create this content, the behind the scenes. So we would love for you to give us a little bit of an inside look of your life and where you started, like you said, with blogging, kind of how this all came about. So It drives me absolutely insane when people say, oh, you spend your day on Facebook. And I'm like, it's so much more than that. You have no idea what I'm doing. Because to the common person, when they go online and they check social media, they're doing it for fun. But when you're doing it as a business, it's a completely different thing. And everything 
that you do online is work. So you have to make sure that you conduct yourself in such a way. So it always drives me nuts when people say that because they just have no idea. But in terms of creating content, it's taken a long time for me to actually have a team. But now I have a photographer who's pretty much on call anytime I need her. So sometimes, as you guys probably know, brands will have to turn around content really quick. So I'll get a PR company saying, you know, this brand needs content by the end of the week. So it's always a rush job, it seems like. I'm not sure why it can't be planned further in advance, but that's kind of the moral of the story. And so we'll go shoot the content, and it usually takes anywhere from two to three hours just to get the right images for the campaign, and then the editing happens after the fact. So once we're done with getting the shots that we think are going to actually achieve the campaign goal or whatever my creative direction is, we then have to go, we edit the photos. I have to write all the content. And actually why I originally started blogging was because I love to write. It's one of my biggest passions. And I've always been better at writing my thoughts and feelings than actually speaking them eloquently. So I always thought that, and this is kind of totally side note, but I used to write love letters to like my boyfriends because I just thought it would be easier to tell them what I thought if I had the time to just like sit and think about it versus in the heat of the moment, like, what do I feel about you in this moment? I I don't know. So for me, writing has always been kind of that outlet to tell people what I'm really trying to communicate in the best possible way. So my writing takes me a long time. Some days it'll be, you know, two, three hours of writing. And then other posts may take me like three or four days just because it's so hard to focus in on a certain topic. And if I'm reviewing a product that I needed to have tested for at least two weeks, which is my usual minimum, it's going to take me a lot longer to kind of figure out what my thoughts are about that specific product. So the process of actually putting content out there could be anywhere from like a several day, like four to five day process to almost over a month. It just depends on what it is, what I'm writing about, um, how much editing needs to be done in terms of, you know, the photos. Maybe the brand doesn't like that there's a shadow in the background or they don't like how pasty something looks. It all just kind of depends on what we're all going for. And so it takes a really long time. So when you see that perfectly curated photo on Instagram, I didn't snap it <laughs> with my phone two minutes ago. Usually it took me several weeks and it required multiple approvals, required a lot of thought in terms of the content, whatever the caption is, because I do like to have longer captions sometimes. So there is definitely a lot of thought that people have no idea goes into just that single Instagram post. We do. Yes, we have, we have quite the idea, but we appreciate you saying that because it, even with us, we're nowhere near your level, but we, Not even close. we work really hard on our content as well. And we have so many people say to us, oh, don't you just post it? And it's like, no, we sit there and work on it and think about it. And sometimes it ends up getting shelved because we can't get to it that minute. We got to work on something else and then go back to it. And so it's like you said for you, it's full time. So you're always in it. You're encompassed you're in it. Totally you're just totally immersed. Right. Yeah, and it's actually really hard because I realize some days it's five o'clock and I honestly feel like I haven't done anything, but I've been responding to DMs, I'm responding to comments, you know, I'm engaging with other people because that's part of the job too, and that's the one that takes the most amount of time. So some days it's like, oh yeah, I was just on Instagram all day, but that's part of what I do. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of a hard thing, It's and every day is different as you guys probably know. Some days I'm sitting and writing. Sundays I'm taking photos and then other days I'm just spending my whole day just online engaging back and forth with people. So it's always something different, but it's always a lot of fun. And the interesting thing that I think uh, most people find about me with blogging is that I actually hate having my photo taken, which is 
so weird because that's what my content is. It's always a photo of me, but I actually don't enjoy it, but I like having the pretty photos. Like I wish I could skip the whole photography part because you know, whenever you work with someone and you get comfortable, they'll tell you like, okay, not the best angle for you. You know, your hand looks awkward or whatever. And it's just not really that fun of a process. But when I see the photos after, of course, I'm super excited and happy to have new content, but it's just interesting thing that that's probably the thing I like the least is, having photos taken. And then I love the editing and the writing and all of that. So yeah, it's a long, lengthy process, but it's all a lot of fun. It's so interesting. So you don't like the, uh, being like basically in front of the camera at all times, like you would rather kind of be behind the scenes with writing and the content creating and like where your passion is. Yeah, I think so. I think if I could have photos of me without actually having to take them, that would be the ideal thing. Just because I, I don't I enjoy that part of it. <laughs> I love that she's sharing that though, because so many people, again, also like they watch something and they're like, oh, like they must love being like constantly like taking exactly. photos. Like, no, but not it's, at all. it's work. And I think people forget that a lot of the time that it's so much work. It's like, I'll do it or I make my I don't have a professional photographer but my husband is pretty good and I'll make him take pictures and I'm just like babe it's not like I want you to like sit there and take pictures of me looking cute I just like you're here and I need to do this because like this is one of the ways I make money and build myself as a brand um and it's not that fun and like you know I always joke around that like I feel so do you ever feel a little bit narcissistic because I I know I do even though I know it's not really narcissistic a little bit (laughs) a little bit not all the time but just because it is a job I don't always feel that way but I definitely know what you're saying it's just a strange thing to have all of these photos of yourself edited in different ways and just see your face all the time like it's kind of a weird thing Um, and I it's just interesting that we've made this a career and honestly when I first started blogging I was taking flat lay photos because I didn't have the money to get a photographer Um, I didn't have anybody to really take any photos of me so if there was a photo of me it was usually a group photo so it was mostly just me saying you know this is the blush that I'm recommending for the next couple of weeks I've been using this and it was just straight flat lays and I would have to get the perfect white on that photo I I can't tell you how many how much time I spent trying to get that perfect white so every photo that photo had to be the same white it couldn't be not as white it was it was seriously OCD and crazy but I've moved past that now (laughs) now I'm just dealing with the preset so what kind of apps do you guys use to actually edit on Instagram? Because you both have a theme and you both have an aesthetic. So do you guys use different apps or presets or anything? Yeah, so for me, I use different presets. Um, I only recently got into presets. I was doing more like just kind of a, a mix of Visco and then adding like little bits of flair of different colors, just playing with different things. But then aesthetically, yeah. I started looking at my feed and I couldn't find a theme like following from side to side and I was like it's not working and I was kind of really honestly like avoiding the presets because I didn't want to be like every other influencer and blogger no offense I was Mm -hmm. like I want to be but then I finally started finding different presets that I liked that I felt like not everybody was using so I kind of found my own niche where I feel like it kind of represents me and my aesthetic and who I am as like a stylist and a new mom and all these things so now I'm like really into the preset and now I actually like feel weird when I post something without one because like once in a while obviously as you know it doesn't always look as good so I, I'll do it yeah. without be like oh it feels naked now <laughs> I, that's so funny that you that you feel that way so I use I'll edit in 
I still, it's sort of weird. I do like Snapseed for like a quick edit when something doesn't need a major edit, but just a little cleanup. I will use Facetune for different things. Yeah, I like Facetune for like lighting and things. For for lighting, for just like, just sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I think I used to overuse it. Now I really don't. You were very addicted to Facetune. I I used to be like, Amanda, don't oversmooth. But I don't, I don't (laughs) oversmooth anymore. But also it's just like a way to also sometimes just like the contrast or the light or sometimes it's just like an easy way to do it. But one I'm obsessed with right now is, and it's a little bit old school, but like, I like a color story. I spent so much money in that app. But they have really gorgeous presets. Yeah, really good like editing backgrounds. They're fun for you. Yeah, like I really, I really like it. It's really pretty. Um, I would say, like, to, if there's, I mean, you can't really smooth your face. <laughs> but other than that, if I had to pick two, it would be that and in Facetune. What well, What about yeah. you? What you? Yeah, tell doing? yeah, tell us like what are what some are of, like secrets? secrets and like what you like your tips for people that are you know like wanting to be like you or one even day just an and, average like, person who's like I want to have a cute Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah. So the way that I started it, and I'm so not an expert when it comes to Lightroom. So what I did is I actually bought a bunch of presets from some of my favorite creators. So you have like the Tezas, um, who just have like all kinds of presets and like Pilot Madeline. Um, so I just bought a bunch of their presets and I've changed their presets to kind of fit what I like. So some of their presets are a little bit too green or a little bit too blue because they're in Aruba or they're in the Bahamas. So obviously like everything needs to be bluer or greener or whatever. So that's not usually like normal everyday life. I don't want my face to turn out blue. So I kind of changed some of their presets because it was easier for me to start with something than start from scratch. So I'm still kind of trying to learn Lightroom, but I've made essentially a preset that I really like that has like this pinky tint to it. So I apply that to every photo and you're right. There are some photos that just don't look right. So I have to do a little bit of brightness or contrast in order to make my face kind of light up just because it'll be too dark in terms of the colors of the preset. So it always depends, but I kind of stick to this like slightly pinky, like darker moody type of tone. And it's worked so far it does have issues when my photographer's photos are a little too bright because then that actually brings out the brightness in the photo. So I have to then make it darker. So it's always kind of a guessing game of how it's going to turn out just because no photo is going to be the exact same as the next one. Sometimes you have more light and the sun is like right above you. And then other times it's cloudy, which actually gives you even brighter lighting. So it really right. depends on the day and what the weather is like. And then I have to change and like kind of make the photos look as similar as I can, even though the preset would pretty much do the job for you. But like I said, sometimes you don't want your face to be too light or too dark or whatever. So you do have to change it a little bit, but I mostly use Lightroom. And then I do love color story. I actually use color story a lot for some of my Instagram stories. And occasionally if something is like really bad, like if something needs to be smoothed out, cause I, I'm going to be honest, super candid. I hate the lines on my neck. Sometimes I got to make these bad boys a little bit smoother than they are because they're just a little bit too intense. So I'll smooth my neck a little bit. But other than that, I don't really do much just because honestly, I don't have the time and I don't have the patience because I don't have time to edit a photo for like seven years in order to post it on Instagram. It's just at some point it's like, this is me. This is who I am. There's going to be some necklines. I have a pimple. It'll be okay. No one's going to judge me for it, you know? So it just has to go live at some point, but (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. I usually just a, a quick preset. 
a man is good for that. No, but I will say with a professional photographer, it is a lot easier to not edit as much because sometimes like you're, and I wouldn't say me, other people as well, people will take pictures and it's not professional and the lighting is not as good. So you kind of have to do more in post. Whereas like if you just have a really good base there, if you have someone that really knows what they're doing, then like it does turn out to be really really good well yeah and I think without with a, a ton of editing yeah and I think with a photographer obviously they're kind of doing a part of the editing for you because yeah. that's their craft so they know what they're seeing they're focusing so all you have to focus on is like you making sure whatever you want to come to life comes to life they've got everything else when it's just you you're doing everything right yeah yeah so I actually changed this is kind of different and I don't know if any photographers listening are going to be mad that I said this but what I have done now moving forward is my photographer sends me all of the raw images right from the camera. So we have a process because we work, we literally shoot once or twice a week. So we right. just, we need to get content out faster than maybe some people who may shoot once or twice a month. Yeah. But I give her my SD card. She puts it in her camera and she gives me the SD card literally back to me once we're done with our shoot. So I take the photos directly to my laptop and I have them so I can edit them from the very beginning so she's not editing anything and I found this was a lot easier for me in my process because some photographers have their own presets they always edit their photos a certain way they always want to smooth out your face or make photos brighter especially if they're a photographer in a certain type of trade so one of my old photographers was really a wedding photographer so she didn't really understand street style and actually getting me in action walking down the street in this like really cool outfit so she would always edit me super bright and super white. And that was, that was her craft. That's what she did for weddings. So you really have to find the person who's more open or who has some kind of experience shooting a regular person. Cause if they're shooting real estate or weddings or something else, it's a different type of craft. And it, I used to think that every photographer would be the best photographer ever. But as I've worked with a lot throughout all the different travels I've gone to, um, it's obviously a lot easier to just find a photographer where you're going rather than taking yours with you. Um, I've kind of just figured out that it's easier if they just take the photos and they kind of know what my style is like beforehand. And then I do all the editing that way it saves them time and it saves me money because I don't need them to edit something that then they may have to undo in order for me to like the photo for it to fit within the rest of my photos. So it's become the easiest thing ever. And I have no idea why I didn't do this sooner because I just started this with my um, current photographer. So we didn't do this before, but she's like, why don't you just take the SD card when we're done? I'm like, you are so brilliant. I should have been doing this for so such a long time just because it's so much easier to do it that way. It's, it's true though. It's like you come up, sometimes they're like the easiest. I had a moment today actually where like I've had to add a lot of stuff to my to-do list and I've sort of been in a perpetual state of busyness for, I don't know, almost two months now. And I was like, I need to add some stuff. And I'm like, wait, I could talk to Siri and Siri will add this reminder and I don't have to stop it. <laughs> and I'm just like, why don't you? And it seems so obvious, but like, that's where I keep my to-do list. And I just totally forgot, like, wait, this exists. Right. I can drive. There's a tool. I can yeah. do my, ma- like, I do not have to stop to fuck with my phone. Like, <laughs> what? And I'm just like, no, you, like, these simple things could be totally life-changing. I agree. It's amazing what technology has done for us. Um, this is super random, but I've been watching the old Charmed TV series. I'm obsessed because the new one came out and I was like, listen, I have to get a refresher on the old one because I was obsessed with it growing up. 
and watching them and dealing with like answering a house phone and faxes and all this stuff. I'm like, what were people doing back then? Like you couldn't tell somebody you were running five minutes late. You were just late. (laughs) It's so strange to think about that. But anyway, no, I love that. No, no, no. I get like, that's so funny that you say that, but it's, it's totally true. Like people had to just like have their shit together more now. No one has to have their shit together. It's great. (laughs) Well, it's actually, it's, it's good, but it's like also kind of a problem. And it's like, that's why I think, like you said, like you come up with these new ways and new tools and tricks to like figure out how to do things so that you're not like in that chaos. Exactly. So you work with like beyond amazing brands. Like what are some of the brands share with our audience? Yeah, I follow. So I know, but go ahead. Um, so gosh, there was a lot in the last month. I feel like all the brands wanted something. They had a holiday campaign or something in December because everyone wants to promote something for the holidays. Right. Right. Um, so I work with Ava hair NYC a lot. It's an amazing brand that's at target, really good hair products. They have all kinds of shampoos, conditioners, and then detanglers, which I always need things that control frizz. So I love them. Um, I do a lot of work with different skincare brands because I am definitely a skincare junkie. To me, when I first started this journey online, I started with makeup and reviewing eyeshadow palettes specifically. And I've kind of moved away from that and more into skincare because no matter what makeup you have, if your skin looks like crap, your makeup is going to look like crap. It's just the way that it goes. So I just love skincare so much. So I've done a lot of work with Dr. Dennis Gross. Um, Neutrogena products. I've worked with Colleen Rothschild in the past. Um, Kate Somerville. All Love kinds of skincare. I've done a lot with uh, Peter Thomas Roth too. Kiehl's. I mean, such amazing brands that have just to die for products that actually make a difference because there's so much stuff that we're inundated with every day. There's so many products out there. It's like, this is going to make you look 10 years younger and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> it doesn't work for the most part. And it. It takes me a while to test this stuff, but it's almost overwhelming to a degree how much stuff is out there. And I get so many questions from people saying, hey, do you recommend this oil? Do you recommend this? And I'm like, I haven't tried it. It's going to take me too long to review that. Like things for dark spots and, um, you know, reducing redness. Those are probably the hardest products to test out just because those take a long time to actually use versus just a simple moisturizer cleanser. Those are pretty easy. You can kind of tell if there's a difference in your skin within a couple of days. So I just, I love working with skincare brands. And recently I've also started working a little bit with some fashion brands. I will say that fashion is a lot harder to work with than beauty. I think the reason is there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of money in beauty and skincare and then fashion brands. I don't know what it is and why they don't really pay that often, but they don't really work with influencers in a paid sense as often as a beauty or skincare brand would, which I still don't understand it, but obviously everybody... I keep seeing everybody doing the Colgate campaign with the teeth whitening and all this. And obviously everybody uses toothpaste, right? So they probably have more money to spend on things like that versus a fashion brand. Not everybody is shopping at a certain online store. So it kind of makes sense, but. 
Right. And I agree with you. And I think like being that I am a stylist and fashion expert, like I see a lot of that too. And I, I really truly believe it. it's like what you said. It's because there's so many different types of body types, so many different types of clothing, different types of styles, fabrics, like the list goes on. Also so like locations, like you being, I know this sounds so strange, but like, I was just realizing this, like, okay, you're in Arizona, we're in LA where it's pretty warm. And like, the likelihood is like you're not going to maybe you have like a fall coat on slightly colder days although i don't really know anything about the climate of arizona so maybe it just never gets cold there no at night it can sometimes be cold okay but like it gets a little bit cold but you're not buying like a canada goose right right so that's sort of you know when you think like regionally and all of that it's just like right some things are just really not for you unless right. you want to die or, 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 not, <laughs> or not for your followers yeah. so yeah 100 percent. and I think like fashion going back to what Amanda's saying like location fabric feel like aesthetic the style like all these things that tie into fashion whereas beauty it's more like laid out for you it's like do you have a redness issue do you have eczema do you have you know acne do you have dryness do you have oil like it's, it's way more um niche I would say like that you can find those different people who are looking for those tips whereas fashion like unless they just love the look of it or they just love the brand it's a little bit harder with those budgets and campaigns because like I see it all the time even with my own like fashion influence and everything I'm doing like I sometimes get so many people that love something or like nobody vibes with it so it's very different in that preference and I think that in general just even with trends and everything else fashion is such a interesting but like creative place and it's not as I would say straightforward in my opinion as beauty can be that's very true I completely agree with that the other thing I was going to mention is there's a lot of money with hair brands too so I think it's again the same type of thing as most people are using shampoo and conditioner you know a couple times a week so there's just more budget there as well so I totally agree with you guys there Fashion is a lot harder too, especially when the people will see something that I've posted and it'll be a dress or whatever. And they'll ask me what the fit is. And in my mind, I'm thinking, does it matter what the fit is on me? Because we don't have the same body. So, okay. If I'm a size eight, like, are you going to fit into the size eight? Like maybe you need a six or maybe you need a 10. So it's always kind of weird when people ask me that because I'm like, I don't know if it'll fit you, but this is a size eight, you know? And it's, it's a lot harder to actually give people a recommendation. Whereas I think skincare can be a little bit easier once you kind of know that there's certain regimens and all that. So it's always interesting working with all of these brands and trying to give my feedback in terms of when people ask me, what would I recommend for them? Cause to some degree I can't really recommend because you know, I'm not licensed and I can't. You're a good influencer because you're not recommending everything and you're not just saying, hey, buy this or hey, get this just because like you're being real about it. And you're like, well, I tried this and this is what I saw or I'm still using this. I'm not so sure. Like, I think that's what makes you real. And that's what I enjoy about your platform. I know that's one thing that I really, really stuck to from the very beginning. So before I obviously had a corporate job, so I didn't take any brand deals that I absolutely didn't want to because why would I like I'm not struggling for you know I'm not struggling for the money especially when I have the job and so now moving into this new phase my fiance is the one who keeps me very much on track because I will tell him you know I got this amazing offer they want to pay me this much this is the product and he's like 
but you don't like that. And I'm like, but I could. And he's like, no. <laughs> so he's really kept me honest because, I mean, there's things that I even love that I would probably never promote. So I, this is super random, but I love, love, love hot Cheetos. There is something in them that is like addictive and I just love them. But hot I would never post about them. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense for me. You know, I'm like promoting off fashion and beauty, right. not hot Cheetos. So it just would never make sense. And I can always, pick out the people who normally do fashion, fashion, fashion. And then there's a, this one always gets me when I see a post about Oreos or something so <laughs> random. And I'm like, girl, you were not eating Oreos at 10 in the morning. Like, why are you posting about this? Like you're a right. fashion blogger. That's what your bio says. Like, where did the Oreos come from? You know? So I, I really tried so, so hard to ever, ever do something like that where people are like, she definitely just posted that because they're paying her because I don't right. want that to be the case. I want it to be a part of my lifestyle in order right. for me to tell people as close to me as my friends and family, you should buy this product. Like it should be authentic. It should not be something crazy like Oreos or hot Cheetos showing up on my feed. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Like we both have like brands approach both of us and it's just like, we're both very particular about who we work with. And Same also with, our podcast. We get with brands, the podcast, we have advertised. We just yeah. started ads and yeah. like we made it clear to our agency from the beginning. Although Allie is a mom. So like mominess stuff is not my brand. Although I'm happy to promote it because I think it's good for non-moms to know where to buy mom's gifts. Well, yeah, gift. and we still have that conversation and of like, like yeah. does this fit your lifestyle does or something that you life would recommend would to get on something board with? I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. You know, it's like we have um, – we have, well, I don't know if there are going to be on this. I, I don't know when we're airing this, but like there's a glasses company. I'm not going to say who they are. Watch yeah. this will totally be the ad. And I was like, I love, and like Allie doesn't wear glasses, but I do. And I had a pair of glasses from that company and, but they also make sunglasses. So we're right. like, wait, like this is great. This makes sense. This yeah. totally works. And, and it did, right. it just has to be. Um, on brand or even then like with my writing because I don't know if you know this but like I do have my blog but most of my writing is freelancing for other sites like Forbes and a spot life and horoscope mm -hmm. and you know people will want me to write certain things and it's like people will approach me and I'm just like not my brand right or I'll it just wanna, doesn't fit yeah. it just doesn't fit like because yeah. like my name is on it even if it's not on my blog or not on my social media and there are things that like I've actually really wanted to write about and have thought about doing it under a different name, <laughs> but I'm like, well, if it doesn't like boost my brand, then really right. If it doesn't tie back 24 to hours a day. Yeah. If I had the time, which I don't, I would, but like, yeah, it's, it's it so true. Be, everything has to be on brand. Yeah. And I love that you said that also besides being on brand for you, you know, like you were saying, like it really wants to tie into your lifestyle and who you are. And I've been really getting into that, you know, space, especially now being a mom that oh I work God. from home. I work with a lot of brands now way more than I ever used to. And so I, I try all these different products when they come to me and like get into them and see if I like them or don't like them. And I take my influencer work really seriously and I like tried things out to see if I would like it for Amelia like my baby girl and like all these different things and it's so interesting and the feedback I've been getting as well is like oh wow you could tell you really try it or you really know about it or what you think about it and I'm like well yeah because I take this very seriously especially for me in the mommy world I feel like I kind of have this like duty to other moms who are reaching out to me and following me to be honest with them and be like hey I really tried this hey I didn't like it I did like it like this is what I am using this is not what I'm using so people know like it's not just because you're being paid and like you said you're like your your man keeps you honest because you're 
trying things that like you actually like versus something that maybe you could like, but maybe it's really not something that you should like. Exactly. It's the difference of I should like it. I may like it, but should I like it at least for the brand? Because at the end of the day, the brand is still a business. It's a reflection of me, but does it make sense for the business? Because it may make sense for me in my real life, but there's a lot of things I don't talk about in my everyday that I absolutely love. It just doesn't make sense. So that's kind of, that kind of gets into the interesting topic of authenticity and like, who are you as a person every day? Because you only share so much. So you're, you are kind of living a double life to some degree. And before, when I had my corporate job, I was literally living a double life. It's like <laughs> I had my professional side and I was doing this over here. And then I had, you know, the blog working at night, <laughs> writing blog posts about, you know, beauty and fashion on completely separate life. I mean, it was pretty much night and day. So now it's like, I want to incorporate more and more of my life, but it's, at some point it's like people don't need to know what toothpaste I'm using that's probably not that interesting we all have our own toothpaste you know so it's kind of like a healthy mix of like what we share something about toothpaste yeah but like but but we used it and we tried it and we were like into it so it's different but again it's like you said it's what fits your lifestyle it's what you're sharing it's what makes sense like me being a new mom I'm always trying new things at home I'm showing them on my stories I'm like oh I got this I'm trying this this is why like so again when you're experiencing that and you're showing and sharing your experience and what you're doing then it makes sense in my opinion into what you're tying with your brand but like to what you're saying when there's things that you're not sharing and all of a sudden they randomly show up it's like oh well is that really authentic so I completely agree with you and I love that you said authenticity because I think that's a huge huge part of real social media, just like how you are so good about responding to everyone. People adore you and engage with you because you engage back with them and you don't just sit there and let the comments roll in. I think there's something huge about that. Can you speak to that? Yes. It's actually one of my biggest pet peeves when I see bloggers and influencers who have like 300 comments on their photos and there's literally not a response to a single one. Like such a cute outfit. Where's it from? I'm like, girl, you are missing opportunities here. Give them your affiliate link. They want the shirt that you're wearing. You know, it's like, I don't know why you would leave people hanging in that sense. And I know to some degree, obviously, when you get to a certain level, you don't have the time, but you hire someone to help you respond to that stuff. I mean, as part of your business is engaging with that audience. So I think that's the biggest difference, especially when, when I try to explain to like my grandma, what I do, it's, hard and the the easiest way is to just say you're kind of like a celebrity but you don't have the privilege of a celebrity where you don't have to respond to anybody you have people kind of avoiding the cameras we're kind of the opposite we want the publicity and we should be responding to people because that's why we have a following is because they decided to follow us and you have to engage with these people because you are not Rihanna you're not Beyonce you have to respond to them it's just a, a different type of celebrity status I think but it's, I, I really, really believe in responding to people and engaging with them. I'll tell you guys this right now. I respond to every single DM unless it's a creepy one from some dude. All the other DMs always get a response at some point. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to respond within the first day, but I will respond at some point. And that's really important to me. Yeah. I, and I love that about you. And I mean, we could go on and on about, you know, so many things that you're influenced, but could you share like before, I, cause we want to go into a little bit about you being a refugee and all these different things about you as a person. So it's interesting. so interesting. So before we go to that topic, could you share just like a few quick tips about being an influencer and just 
our best audience practices. of like, yeah, best practices and something that maybe people should be doing and maybe some things that are, you know, if you were like, say to teach a course or you were going to do something, how you would tell our audience like, Hey, this is what you should be doing. If you were to you know work with me or I was going to mentor you and things like that. I've actually thought about this a lot because so many people have told me to write a book with all the random information I have Absolutely. just from over the years. Uh, we'll be, we'll be um, waiting for a copy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be first on the list to get it. Don't worry. <laughs> so a couple things about Instagram. I think it is really important to have some sort of a theme and have something going with your profile. So the first nine photos, I hear this all the time, but they should really exude who you are and what you do. So the first nine photos of me are all fashion photos and they're all shots of me and my lifestyle. My captions are always very specific to what is going on that day. You know, if I'm having a bad day, a good day, whatever. So I think sharing some kind of theme and picking a specific niche is going to be really important, especially when you're starting out. I know that a lot of people want to be a lifestyle blogger from the very beginning, but it's hard to get someone else, a total stranger interested in you without having a specific topic that you're an expert of. So most people started as beauty influencers because everybody was looking for beauty reviews that weren't just in magazines back in the day. And then they all converted to fashion and lifestyles, at least the ones who've been doing it for five, six years. It was like everyone was a beauty influencer. But now people are starting to get into more niches. And I think that's a really good thing. So if you like gardening, if you like home decor, if you are a mom, I mean, huge market for these things. And a lot of these markets are not tapped. So if you have a passion, if you are a stay-at-home mom and you want to share your life at home, that is such good content that people are looking for. And there isn't enough moms blogging. There's so many fashion bloggers blogging already. So I think even diversifying it more and picking specific things. So I have a really good friend who is vegan. So she's starting a vegan blog and she's going to share that whole part of her life. And I think there's so much more of that. I mean, you just have to get creative and just share whatever it is you're passionate about. And there is space for everyone. So having an aesthetic, I do think having nice photos is going to be really important, even from the beginning, but an iPhone can take really nice photos. I mean, some of the photos that my photographer takes look the same as the ones taken on my iPhone. So you wow. really don't have to do too much. I mean, oh an iPhone and then a Lightroom or a preset will make that photo look amazing. So you don't need to have a professional camera. You can just use your phone. It's just, you have to get the right angles. Right. So I definitely took some classes where it was like, how do you angle food and how do you angle a person? They're different. And you can't just take like that dark, gloomy shot inside a restaurant. It has to be like a curated shot that you at least try to take the right angle of. So I would say learning angles is a very important thing. And then learning about light. So again, it goes back to the photography because even though I love to write, People don't necessarily like to read as much as they like to see nope. a visual and people want to consume video content. So there's levels of this that, of course, like you guys know, I don't really care for my photo being taken, but you just have to do it because that's what people want to see. And yeah. I do love video content. I like talking to the camera. But the biggest thing at the end of the day is just being yourself and not trying to be somebody else. I know a lot of girls who started this journey probably around the same time as me, and they're either more successful than me, or they kind of dropped off after a year. It was too much work. They weren't expecting, you know, how much work it would be to keep up with everyone online. And the consensus is essentially that most people try to be somebody else successful versus the people who are still doing this 
we're just themselves from the very beginning. You can't be another person, another influencer and copy their style because that person's already themselves. The only person you can be is yourself. And that's what I think is so important that people do not understand because when they ask me like, where do you get this? Where do you get this? And they want to kind of copy the things that I'm wearing, which is fine, but they still need to do it in a different way. And I see people who tag me and stuff and it's like the exact same photo I took, the same shot. And I'm like, okay, girl, like that's fine. Flattery is great when you're imitating and all that, but you have to get your own style and you have to get different angles. And I think um, someone I mentioned earlier who is a huge source of inspiration for me is Tezza. She is yes. always creative. There is nothing she has copied from somebody else. It is oh, all super so creative. creative. I mean, you can and tell everyone else is copying her like all the time. Like they go find exactly where mm-hmm. she shot. They go get the exact same jacket. I'm like, are they even copy like the exact same caption? I'm like, girlfriend, you might as well have just reposted her photo and saved yourself the time, you know? Like, and you might as well just change your handle to Teza Fan. Right. I mean, okay. at that point, totally. you're not you. You're trying to be somebody else. And so right. that's why I really always, I love her for inspiration for me, but I would never do the same thing that she's doing. I think she just thinks outside of the box. And I think that's what a lot of people miss nowadays. And you guys are totally right. Everyone wants to have a preset now, but does the preset actually kind of work with your brand? Does it make sense? Or are you just trying to do the same travel Instagram profile that you see hundreds of other people are doing, you know, where they take that, those epic photos in cool places. And it's the same type of photo that other people have done over the past few years. So I think just being yourself is the most important thing, but recapping all of that is really just having an aesthetic. So your brand is clear, um, really good photography, get those angles and get the lighting and then just being yourself and sharing content that is actually true to you. And that's authentic. That's not being somebody else. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such amazing advice and such a good takeaway. So going into our next subject, we were talking about you being a refugee, obviously there is only one of you, like you are an original, you have gone through so much and had different challenges with being a refugee. Can you kind of talk about that and tell us a little bit about that journey and people that obviously don't know that about you? I think it's really cool for you to share that. Yeah. So I am originally from Bosnia and we came here in the early nineties as part of a refugee rescue, basically trying to get us out of there due to the genocide going on back during the Clinton era. And we were rescued by a local Catholic church and we lived in Philly for about three, four years until my dad could kind of get on his feet and get a job, which then moved us to Los Angeles. So I came here when I was five, which is why I don't really have an accent. And I grew up in California. So most people, when I tell them my name, they always ask where I'm from or they're like, oh, that's an interesting name. And then when I tell them, they're pretty surprised because I guess I seem more Americanized than I, I, it's just always surprising to people. They're like, really? You don't even have an accent. I'm like, well, I was a baby. So that's why. People um, are like that, though. I have friends from Russia who moved here, like, when they were 13. And I'm like, how do you not have, like, a Russian accent? And they just don't. Yeah. I, I just don't have an accent. My parents do, though. But that's obviously because they were adults when they came here. So they'll probably always have that accent. But growing up was interesting because... I didn't really know like the the popular culture references that people would mm-hmm. mention at times. And I hadn't seen the movies that people had seen. And I didn't watch 
you know, things that silly small things like I didn't watch Sesame Street and things like that where people will reference back to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't watch that. So it was kind of weird to some degree, because for the most part, when you live in a country, you usually know like what's popular, like certain songs, like everyone kind of just knows about those things. And so I think at some point my friends just stopped saying like, oh, did you see this movie? Because most likely I had it. And that was just hard when you're a kid because you're just trying to find things to relate to with other kids because, you know, you want to talk about what's on TV or you want to play outside and people just talked about things that I just didn't understand. But I think the hardest thing that I had to go through was um, when 9-11 happened and people knew that I was from Bosnia, they assumed that I was part of that attack and that I had something to do with it. And like little kids, because one of the issues with the Bosnian genocide was that Bosnia was half Catholic, half Muslim, right? So that was one of the issues, which, um, so people had this notion in their head that I had something to do with this attack. Obviously, that was just BS, total garbage. But it was weird being in third grade and having kids come up to me because their parents had told them, you know, be afraid of Adeletta. She's a bad guy. They had come up to me and they would say stuff like, please don't hurt me and my family. Like we didn't do anything to you. And I was like, I was like, what the hell are these people talking about? I had no idea why they like what happened, but it was, it was really bad. So I was scared because I'm like, why are people afraid of me? I didn't do anything. You know, I barely understand what's happening. I'm nine. And I think my mom had gotten a call that day from the principal. So they took me out of school and like, we had to wait for this whole thing to blow over because so many of the parents had just told their kids, like be afraid of Adeletta. And I think that was really weird. Obviously just as a kid, you're like, I didn't do anything. I don't know what's wrong, but just because I was different and I came from a country that had conflicts that were related to religion um, made me kind of a little bit of an outlier, which was really hard for me emotionally. And I, even thinking about it now, it's just like, I was ostracized for quite some time. And I think my friends were like, Oh, we, our parents told us not to hang out with you. And that's really hard as a kid. And you already don't know like popular, like popular culture. You don't know what references people are making. So you already felt left out, but to have that happen on top of it was just terrible. And of course it's, Silly, you know, me sharing my strife with that whole day because so many other people suffered great, great losses. But it's just like that happening was the weirdest thing for me. And that was kind of what I remember my childhood as. It was very strange. And like my parents didn't really let me go out that much because they were worried about me and they were afraid people would hurt me. So it was weird. And as I kind of got older, my parents definitely taught me to just work hard and you know, do really good in school and be nice to everybody. And so that's pretty much what I did. I just kind of focused on school and getting good grades. And that was really good because I was able to go to college, you know, finish college. And I always cared about my grades and I always cared about, you know, talking to my teachers and having a relationship and, you know, understanding the content. So I think my parents were definitely a huge part of who I am today. And I think that was all for the better. But looking back on it, it's like, wow, things were really weird when I was a kid because I was different and being different doesn't seem to be that cool when you're little. And nowadays I just want to be so different from everybody else. Like I want my content to be different. I want it to be inspirational. I don't want it to be like everyone else's, which is why I keep saying, you know, people should be authentic when they're posting and not being somebody else. But it was, it came, this thought process of mine came through going through 
my life basically being different from everybody else and it always being a bad thing. And now I kind of relish in the fact that being different is a good thing. So it definitely was a 180 to realize that over time. But yes, the childhood was definitely a, a little bit bizarre, a little bit weird and not my fondest memories, obviously. But obviously you became a stronger person because of it. And like you said, it made you realize that you wanted to be an original. And especially because of what you went through, you wanted to show others that like, it's okay to be yourself and to learn from those experiences. And I think that's the part that makes you so relatable, even though you are so different in different ways. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it was a good thing. It was just, I reflect back on it now as an adult, obviously, and I think it's great. But when I was a kid, it was the worst. <laughs> it was so, it, it was, sounds so hard. And like, we've all been through things as kids, but like, not at your magnitude. And that's really hard as a young child. Kids are assholes. Yeah, they are. Straight I mean, up. Like, they, they totally, they totally are. But I also think that these things like make you stronger. Absolutely. And it also and makes it builds you. Your character you realize who other people are and yes. who you're not. Yes, 100%. And you see yeah. people those true colors like very early on. And then it changes the way that you deal with people because you realize like, no, it's not you. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no. Well, thank you for sharing like that, you know, really intimate kind of private part of you because I we just think that's so important for others to hear because, you know, even if they're not, exactly what you've gone through they maybe have other hardships or other things from when they were younger and then again it shows that your character and how you take in that and become stronger what you built in your own brand and who you are and like your own woman in your own right I totally agree I see the benefits of it now and just going through it like you guys said it's just sharing it and talking about it is just so strange to think that that's kind of what helps build me to be stronger in today's you know, today's day and age. Absolutely. And we really appreciate you sharing that with us. Now we have to, we have to go in a few, but I just wanted to know sort of where can people find you? What is your social media? And obviously we'll link all of this in the show notes. And if there's anything else you want to share with our audience or uh, anything to be taken away from this before we essentially sign off and you plug yourself, please go ahead. Yes. Sure. So The biggest thing I will say about me, if you guys haven't noticed from this whole interview, is that I am very real. I'm very transparent. I don't really keep many secrets about myself, and I like to keep it real. So my opinion is always my own opinion. I'm not paid by anybody to say anything positive or negative. I just say what kind of comes to me, and that's kind of one of the things that my current audience really loves. They always say that they love when I get real, when I go on a rant and I say that a product is absolute garbage, or if it's really, really good, they can see the excitement. So it's very clear what I, what I like and what I don't like, basically, which has always been my goal is I want to be as transparent as possible with everyone because there's no reason to lie about products or things that I'm doing. It's just always honest. But everyone can find me on Instagram. I spend most of my day on Instagram. And it's, uh, my handle is attitude, A-D-A-A-T-U-D-E. And then I do blog about two to three times a week. And my blog is attitude.com. And I do have all kinds of social media, but I really spend my time mostly on Instagram and my blog. Those are the two that kind of take most of my days. And those are the two that I enjoy the most. So if you want to read any of my blog posts, you can find me there. And if you want to DM me on Instagram, I will respond. (laughs) Yay. That is wonderful. So 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, you were amazing. And um, yeah, we really, really appreciate it. And as we always say, be, be fabulous. fabulous and real. There you go. Bye. Caught them both. How to chain Fonda. One, two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor. Work it out. Shake it, little mama. Let me see you do the chain Fonda. Five.